Welcome to the Words Over Ice Show. Have a drink, whether glass mug or styrofoam. Get my best up to Ray, he's the right host. And Mad James on a sarcastic tightrope. Then there's Jason, full of opinions. Co-host with brains and the boldest intentions. Ali, that's the man making profits. Greg and Duke join us talking controversial topics. You know it get real in these interviews. We talk about it all when we bring a news. Rolling with the punches, a one-two combo. The Words Over Ice Show. Let's have a convo. All right, welcome back. Today's guest is Scott Lowther. He's a practicing hermeticist. If you do not know what that is, just stay tuned. Scott does a great job of explaining it. Essentially, he's uh, he's talking with spirits and ghosts and creepy, cool shit like that. So stay tuned. It gets really interesting. Be sure you're following us on all platforms, social media platforms. It's at the Words Over Ice Show, and then everything's on our website, wordsovericeshow.com. Let's jump into it. Hope you like it. Uh, nice. Yeah, I went there to play ball there. So, yeah. yeah, you did, didn't you, Jay? We're recording, by the way. Um, <laughs> I forgot. So you have some ties to to that area? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know downtown Charleston really well. Cool. So Scott, thank you for joining, man. This is uh, Jason. And I were just talking before you jumped on. This is it's kind of an enigma to all of us. Like I was trying to do some research on on this on this topic, which we'll jump into in a second. And it's just. It was hard for me to to completely understand it, so I'm glad we have you on yeah. to to break it down for us. So, with that said, man, <laughs> take take us on a, on a deep dive. <laughs> Hold on, time out. Did you just do the Birdman palm rub? I love it. That's great. <laughs> it's like I'm about to tell you all about this shit. <laughs> um, well, I I'm a practicing hermeticist. I uh, I delve into like Western occultism and and. Uh, and those type of topics. I've been doing that for probably about 15 years. Um, I was introduced to occultism at an early age. My grandmother read tarot and stuff, but it was mostly just a parlor trick up until I was deployed to Iraq. Uh, and there's no atheist in the, the foxhole. So I started studying a lot of different religions. Uh-huh. They were way too violent for me. And I came across that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they're all they're, violent. They were pretty violent. And uh, I, I remembered looking into tarot when I was a kid, and I always thought that that was really cool. So I started tracking that back, and uh, I came across Hermetic philosophy, which is a, a turn of the century. It was like a first century AD philosophy that was based in um, Greco-Egyptian culture uh, out of Alexandria. And uh, I thought it was just really cool, the logic behind it, and uh, it, it seemed to be uh, very natural. And there was no violence in it, which was really cool. And uh, mm-hmm. I just started studying from there. And then because theurgy or magic is is part of that that philosophy, I, I delved more into that. And that's that's how I got started. Uh, okay. So what is, what is the philosophy? I know you say you know you're kind of drawn to it. It's it's not violent, but what? Because I don't I really don't understand it, Jay. I don't know if you know anything about it. No. Um, when I was doing some research on it uh, yesterday. Um, I kind of got confused myself as far as um, I kept seeing the word spiritual used uh, quite frequently. And then right after it, a cult. So I just, you know, to me, that's why we have you on. I'm I'm trying to figure out uh, what exactly defines itself apart from just being spiritual uh, in that sense. Okay. I don't know. It's a, it's not it's it's not as convoluted as you know the the internet would make it out it uh <laughs> right yeah it's pretty st- simple and straightforward um the early church uh the early christian church said that hermetic philosophy was cool with them that you wouldn't get burned at the stake if you actually studied it because it was so similar to the the teachings that the the church had um they just said it was a pagan philosophy but it was okay and they shared some ideas one that you know, humans are divine and uh, they're made in the image of God. So uh, the whole hermetic philosophy is that humans are divine creatures that share an infinity with God, um, that they're more or less the angels of earth, and that our whole purpose is to create uh, and to experience. And that's it. That's your whole purpose is just to live your life and create things for the glory of God and yourself and uh, the world. So that's that's it. That's the, the philosophy. Now it, it gets a little bit, it gets a little bit mingled up once you get further into like the, the medieval times and stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. People pick up ceremonial magic and uh, they start doing some funky stuff with talismans. And then come along about the late 19th century, there's a group called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, and they adopted the name of the uh, of Hermeticism, and they they included some Hermetic philosophy and stuff. But mostly it was the occult. They were into ceremonial magic, and uh, and you know I, I studied some of that, and I and I routinely do some of their stuff, which is really cool. And then um, people just started using uh, Hermetic as the term for sort of an eclectic ray of occultism, and. Uh, and I'm fine with that because it just means that people are doing what they want to do and they're creating what they want to create. So that's cool. Yeah. Do you, um, in, within that, there's always going to be certain people that want to create something that is negative though. Correct. Yeah. Uh, take it, a, take it a different, different route uh, with, with anything. There's always going to be one side or the other. So I, I get that actually doesn't, I mean, it don't sound that bad to me, you know, it sounds pretty, pretty much straightforward. Like, okay. I get the logic behind that. Yeah, I think there's a stigma around it. Well, you I hear the word occult, that automatically yeah. you go to a you know dark well, you place. Hear, like, you hear cult, you yeah. know, you hear the, the word cult. Yeah. And not only that, when you talk when you start talking about magic, you get you know black magic in it, and when you start looking things up on the internet, I mean the internet's a, a <laughs> rabbit hole, a rabbit hole in itself, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but you start looking it up, and you just you know you get you know spirits, and and it, it takes you almost immediately to a dark a dark version of what you do. Oh yeah, Scott. Yeah. It's uh, it's not it's not hard to 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 do that. And as far as like uh, as a practicing occultist or or a, a hermeticist, you know that's that's one of the things you you have to deal with. You you have to do that stuff. Um, you have to kind of delve into the dark a little bit just to to experience it. So, for example, I don't know if you saw in my bio, but I'm a um, paranormal guide or an investigator yeah. for the lunatic asylum down in Western West Virginia, and uh, I went in there completely skeptical. But I, I can tell you that you know it's there's a there's a dark side of things. There's there's uh, there's ghosts. There's demons. There's all this stuff that is in lore, and you you think it's just kind of all made up and make believe until you actually deal with it. And yeah, it gets a little spooky sometimes. Well, well, see, I think that that also goes when a when a person has a higher vibration and and believes and and allows themselves to be submerged into that that realm. Because if you don't believe it, then of course your mind is going to block it out. But when you start to believe and 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 look for it then it's there you know i I can see that yeah and then i can see that the one of the the main things that i point out whenever i give classes on hermeticism is that uh, especially when you're doing exercises that you want to be skeptical but you don't want to be dismissive so you don't want to go in there fully believing uh in in other words you know an atheist who doesn't believe in any of this stuff should Mm -hmm. be able to Mm -hmm. perform these operations or these experiments and come up with the same results that, that you're getting. And, mm-hmm. um, if it is, then, then that's a success. If, if it doesn't turn out that way, then maybe something needs to be tweaked and you have to go back to, to the drawing board. So, so when you say classes, um, you have, do you have your own personal following or are you part of a group or do you guys congregate in a certain place or well, how does, how does that happen? Okay. So what, what I've got going on now is the Hermetic Society of Appalachia. And, uh, it's a, uh, it's more of an online kind of a, a semi-local group. Um, we put out a monthly publication, a soft cover, little a magazine type deal. And uh, if for for some members who get the the one tier, they'll also get classes in Hermetic Magic. And so every month they'll receive a course booklet, and they go through that booklet and they try out the experiments and and the things that they they want to do. So, yeah, um, that's what we've got going on. Okay. So you're. A paranormal paranormal guide. Yeah. What, I mean, what do you what do you do exactly? Uh, it's uh, it's a fun job, man. and and the, <laughs> doesn't doesn't sound fun, man. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the the asylum in Weston, which is a historical landmark. I mean, it's just a, a huge behemoth of a of a building, uh, about nine acres of inner surface space. Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's huge, man, and, and it's and it's haunted as all get out. It was actually U.S. Today's number one haunted destination. So uh, the, the asylum sells tickets. You can buy a ticket overnight. You get a guide like me to just kind of give you the history and some of the recent activity that's been going on. And then we go out and we look for ghosts. And it's, it's awesome. And you've, you've actually seen and found ghosts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I kept a log because that's me. That's the, 
what magicians do. We keep journals. So I kept a journal for about a year uh, and a couple months, over 200 paranormal events uh, while we were just doing the weekend hunts. So mm -hmm. that's a ton. And even if only 10% of those are actual factual paranormal, it's not people's minds messing with them. That's still 20 in a year and, a, and you know, maybe 14 months. Yeah. Would you um, go ahead, Ray? You get. I just. I'm, I'm interested in like the first time you've you experienced a, a ghost, or you know, what what was the situation? What happened that made you? Did you see something? Did you feel something? Like, what was your reaction? Because I've never. I don't know. I've, I don't think I've ever come across that. Well, then again, I've never. I've never went to a a haunted place looking for it either. That's true. Yeah. Well, um, my very first experience there that actually turned me from a skeptic into like a, a wholehearted like, wow, this is real. I, uh, I was on a floor at about four in the morning by myself. And, uh, I, I was hearing all these creaks and bangs and footsteps and stuff. And I, I just said out loud, I was like, if you're trying to scare me, I'm not scared. You're going to have to do better than that. And there was this voice at the end of the hallway that said, leave. And I was like, yeah, I'm gone. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah right out the window. Like yeah, this. <laughs> but, well, that, that's what I was going to ask you is, um, I've always heard that these these beings, these entities, these spirits can latch on to and come with your ass, you know? So that's like, they don't just stay sometimes. They can kind of hang on to you. That's true. Yeah, have, you, have you ever experienced that as well? Yeah. My wife is actually a historic guide there. And, uh, oh, so, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in the house. <laughs> oh, and, and it's kind of cool that I'm actually into occultism and, and ceremonial magic because I can, I can, I know when things are, you know, a little bit weird, when we've brought some of that, that, you know, that stuff home with us, you'll, you'll see the shadows, you'll, you'll hear the things dropping in the other room, you'll hear the footsteps. And mm -hmm. that's when I know, okay, I got to clean the house up and make sure that, you know, they, they've go back to wherever they need to go. So yeah, right. they do latch you on every once in a while, but they're just, they're curious. And sometimes they like you and they just want to, you know, chill with you for a little bit, but then mm -hmm. you have to gently tell them it's time to go. Yeah. I can only imagine that's yeah. Wow. See the, and see that's, that's why I couldn't even go in there. Cause I have a feeling that I'd be latched super quick. Like, Hey, look, you're with me forever. So, so does Sage work? Um, yeah. I, it cleans, it cleanses the room, right? It cleanses the house. Where yeah. You, yeah. I, I, I use a combination of like uh smoke and water. So Sage and uh, Sage and frankincense do really well to clear out any kind of, um, energies that you don't want astral energies whatever they want to call it and then water if you if you do the water if you do you could do a catholic blessing or you can do uh your own sort of uh eclectic blessing on the water water just helps also to, to break up everything and then just cleaning your house i mean actually sweeping the floors and wiping down the right. walls that that helps tremendously too okay well, that's good for anybody that's listening that has been hearing things like, oh, like, they're in the crib and all of a sudden, you yeah. know, bang. And then they're like, what the hell was that? You know, you might, you never know where you're walking. If, if you walk through like an old hospital in a wing somewhere, you know, somebody might still be Lincoln. Yeah. So, so Scott, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm skeptical, man, to be honest with you, but I don't, I'm not, like you said, be skeptical, but not dismissive. And I'm not dismissive of, of anything. I mean, we've had an atheist on here. We've, we've discussed and It's kind of been, we've been talking about religion and spirituality Pretty hard. a lot yeah. Yeah, in the last couple of <laughs> weeks. Um, I'm not smart enough to dismiss anything because I, I, I don't know what's what, you know what I mean? So I, I keep my mind open, but it's, why is it that not everyone experiences this right if, if you if you think if you believe in ghosts and spirits mm -hmm. they should be everywhere i would imagine yeah right but then how, how come is it that that like you know someone like you and that's why i think a lot it's hard for a lot of people to wrap their minds around it because we have people who practice such as yourself who have these stories yeah. or but then you know day-to-day -day, people like myself i've never experienced it and i've been in a lot of weird situations and you know big houses with old creepy houses and i've never never experienced it so how uh, do you oh, no right remember that day when we were i was moving out of my my house in hanover park and we were all sitting there in the kitchen and then that that stair creaked and i told you that was the sound of when my father would always come downstairs to get his peaches at night for his midnight stack because he was diabetic as yeah. soon as that stair creaked i told i was like we gotta get the fuck out of here i remember that yeah that that was one of them times and it wasn't the house doesn't just make noise that was like i think he was still doing his thing and didn't realize what was going on yet you know what i mean 
And that, that's when I looked at you and you'd never seen me get like spooked before, but I was like, we got to get the fuck out of here right now. Cause I'm not really trying to have a conversation with him in this moment. So let's go, you know? Yeah. That was the one time. And I know it didn't seem like to me, it was like, Oh, here we go. I'm, I'm going around the other way too. I'm not walking past some stairs. I guess, I don't know. I guess, yeah. I mean, that was the I, only I suppose, time though. That- I suppose, or maybe I just justify it or maybe right. we as people justify it. Right? And I'm trying to be as open-minded as I can be here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Scott, you probably hear this a lot, right? Oh yeah. So may, maybe when we hear these noises or see these things, I, I think we've all, we can all, if we think about it, say we've, witness some weird shit exactly. in our day. And of course, and that's the thing that I've noticed most in the asylum. And then when people do, um, when they take on magic, um, is that, uh, the mind, the mind will filter out a lot and you'll reason a lot of stuff away. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you'll hear a creak and you'll say, okay, it's just a floor creaking. Or did I really see somebody walk out of that one room and go down to the other and they disappear, you know, and, and your mind is, is powerful. It'll, it'll basically say, Nope, don't want to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> so you, yeah. you, you have a built-in filter and, uh, and it's, and it's cool that you, you've not experienced any of that stuff. The only thing I would, you know, kind of recommend if you're into, you know, you know, finally finding out about it is, you know, give it a shot. And like you said, be, be skeptical, but not dismissive. Do it just like an atheist performing some sort of ceremonial magic thing just to see if it works. And if uh, you get something out of it, awesome. If you don't, then, well, then that just, that, that, that emboldens or it galvanizes your belief that, you know, hey, it's, everything's material and, you know, we, we live, we die, that's it. Yeah. Right. It's also been said as we get older, we lose that childhood mindset where that's why children see things and have these imaginary friends, so quote unquote, that are beings like talking to them, touching them, or, you know, like just interacting with them. But as an adult, you're like you said, your mind is powerful. So you will just completely disregard that you did see somebody out the corner of your eye when you know you're home alone, just walk past you yeah, or something like that, you know, and like kids, they don't know how to, that they're not capable yet mentally to even have the, the thought process to be like, that wasn't really there. Yeah. So they just see it, you know, and it's numerous occasions where they say kids, you know, and uh, animals, of course, always, they see stuff all the time. Yeah. And that's actually an old school uh, magical practice. The old school magicians would uh, bring kids in to be their scryers. They would set them in the middle of the circle and put them in front of where the, the spirit of the demon was to, to pop Damn. up and have them <laughs> relate. And then they would ask the questions that the, the magician would ask the questions, knowing the answers so that the kid wouldn't, you know, kind of make up stuff on the fly. And if, uh-huh. if they had a, a successful session, well, they'd mark it down in their book. Hey, you know, I got this kid, 10 year old little girl, and she saw this, that, and the other thing, and it, and it checks out. So, Hey, we good to go. Wow. So, you, so your belief is, or, or tell, tell me if I'm wrong. So you believe when we die, you, you know, the spirit lives on and it stays, it stays here. Yeah. It, um, uh, you're, it, now this is where it gets a little bit tricky, but whenever you die, um, according to like the, this is hermetic Kabbalah, uh, which is a okay. Jewish type of tradition. But basically what happens is that your body or yourself is divided into four parts. So you've got your, your material body. You have your etheric double or your, you know, just kind of like the energy around it. Then you have your, your soul, uh, which everybody knows the, you know, about the soul. And then you have your mm-hmm. spirit, which is actually connected to, to the divine. So when you die, your body dies, but everything else just kind of hanging around in a bubble, you know, and it's globbed on to the things that it was most attached to. And eventually that will fade. That energetic body, that etheric double will fade. And then your spirit goes back to the source, which, you know, that's, um, that's a fancy word to as to like oblivion more or less. And then uh, some people believe in reincarnation. I'm not quite there yet, but uh, yeah. So that's, that's sort of the, the, my belief of what happens after you die. So we ultimately, so the spirit hangs around doing, doing whatever it was, it was gravitated to when you were alive. Yeah. And then you ultimately just vanish. Yeah. And that, over time. and to me that, that sort of solves the riddle of sin. You know, a lot of people are, uh, as far as mainstream religion go into sin, and the actual Greek term for sin is restriction. So if you're an alcoholic or you're, you're an addict in real life or you're addicted to even porn or something like that, um, when you die and you've still got your intelligence and you've got your energetic body, it's going to hang around and try to 
get that stuff. I'm a smoker. So when I die, I know I'm going to be looking for a cigarette. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and we actually use cigarettes in the asylum as a trigger and a reward. Um, there's still spirits that enjoy a good smoke. So, um, we'll, we'll use those. And that's what I think, you know, that energetic body is going to hang around and try to feed or for lack of a better term, feed on, um, what it was into whenever it was alive. And eventually though, it'll, you know, let those things go. Uh, the energetic body will fade, uh, will, will fade. And then, um, the spirit returns to the source. Well, see, that goes in line with what I was saying to Ray that that night is like, I, I think that my father was still doing his routine yeah, and co- coming downstairs. And it was literally at 1045 on the dot. He would do it every night. And it was as soon as it said 1045, it was crack. Yeah. I think he was like doing, he, he didn't even realize that he wasn't here anymore. I think he was really just doing his thing again, you know, Absolutely. just his daily routine. And that's what scared the shit out of me. And that's why we got out that house. Cause you know, that that's just not normal. It, the, uh, the stairs don't pop right there for no reason. That's what I was getting at. That's why I look like I looked, you know, cause not much like shakes me. That shit shook me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's, it's, I, I didn't go back to that house since then. You know, I was like, I'm not, I don't have anything else in there that I want. I'm good. <laughs> if you think about it from his perspective, you know, the, the, the spirits perspective, they're, they're going down through there to do their regular routine. And then, you know, you guys jump up, scream and run out of the house and don't come back. And they're like, damn, what do I do? You know, <laughs> I'm just doing my thing. Yeah, no, we more so just be lined out all quiet about it. Like, all right, peace. Lock up. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so our, our spirits, I, I, I don't know if you know, but our spirits able to communicate with each other. Yeah. Like when, when you are a spirit, like I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, okay, I die. I'm a spirit. Like what, what is, what am I, like, what is it now? Do I, can I interact? Do I, can I go play basketball? Can, what am I doing? Am I just like floating around just kind of like surreal type of experience? You know what I mean? You're, um, it, it seems to be that, you know, time and space doesn't really matter as far as whenever you're a spirit. Um, you can't mm-hmm. interact with other spirits. According to the electronic voice phenomenon that we've got uh, in the asylum itself, the, the spirits do talk to one another. They know about one another. That's why I'm scared to death that whenever I pass, I'll actually visit there. And then they'll be like, <laughs> it's your turn to talk into the red light, motherfucker. You know, you, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't want to go back there when I die. But uh, yeah, no, it, 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 it seems like they, they talk to one another. As far as the, the magic uh, end of it, the ceremonial magic is concerned. Um, there's a lot of communication between different levels of entities and, and, uh, they all get along for the most part, even the most ones, the, the ones that are the most dross or the evil quote unquote evil. There's no, this duality that, that a modern mainstream religion has set up for us, like between good and evil doesn't necessarily exist in that, that realm. It's, it's all basically, you know, cops know that bad guys are out there. Bad guys know that cops are out there. And that's basically the way it is in the, in the after too. So Hollywood puts a, a real wicked spin on, on what, what you're describing, yeah. right? Um, and so I have kind of a two-part question. You, you mentioned when you die that you're scared you're going to go back yeah. to visit that, that place. What, and I don't know if I missed it, but what, what place is that exactly and why are you scared? That's the lunatic asylum over in Weston. Oh, okay. I'm a guide, you know. Uh, there's lots of spirits there, so I don't know. I think most of them like me, but there might be some that aren't really pleased with me. Well, also, you spend a lot of time there, so it would be easy for you to just gravitate to there. You yeah. Know? But why would you be scared? Uh, shit because now they could t- <laughs> yeah. they're all in the same plane now if you're a cop and you you're going to jail without the dudes you put in jail well, type of thing well no kind of think of it like this like okay i'll give you uh uh something that happens a lot over the asylum we'll make contact with a female spirit or a or a child spirit and it's automatically you know, it's not automatically but after a couple minutes in it's cut off by a male voice or a male figure, dominating male figure. So there, there are spirits there that are still dominating the, 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 the area. Um, if I were to go back there uh, as a spirit, then I would, I would be, I would confront those, those, or they would confront me, those spirits that actually that's their place. They've been there the longest they, they rule. Right. And, uh, it, it could be hell on earth uh, for lack of a better term. It could be hell to, to be stuck there under the rule of, dominant spirits so i I don't want to go there think about it too those spirits could be some of the old guards or somebody else that worked there exactly you know that was really evil yeah exactly 
Now you're getting into a spiritual fist fight and shit, and then you're the only one on your team. You know what I'm saying? That's just crazy. No, I'm just thinking about it. Not even Portland. I'm not making a joke at all. I'm being dead no, fucking serious. That's that's yeah, dude. Because then and then also when if you did go back and you were the one that was talking through to a living being through one of the machines, then it's like also another reality check that you're not here anymore. Exactly. So that in itself is probably tripped out. You know, that's just man. Yeah. Well, you're you're explaining a lot that uh, I could not find on the internet. That's for sure. <laughs> it comes with experience. You actually have to go out there and do it, and then make sure you log everything that you're doing. That way, you can compare your notes later. And and I know that it's pseudoscience, but it's about the best mm-hmm. science that I can muster where I'm at and what I'm doing. Yeah. So back to the Hollywood thing, because that's what everyone knows, right? So you make connections with spirits and talk to spirits and, you know, there's paranormal activity and all these kind of scary things to us. At least, you know, that's how it's portrayed to us. I mean, what's your experience dealing with that type of interaction? Uh, About the, and yeah, Hollywood will play it up like the walls are bleeding and all this other stuff. Um, Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't normally get that. Now I've, I've seen many people get scratched. I've been scratched myself. um, And as scary as that sounds, it's just a scratch. Um, usually you get really emotional after you get the scratch or what have you. And it's not even, most of the time, it's not even a spirit being, uh, nasty. They're just trying to make contact with you. And it just ends up in being like a, like a welt on your, on your body. So that, that part of Hollywood is, is true. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's really played up. So what do you know about exorcisms? Yeah. People getting possessed and performing exorcisms, you know, being possessed by demons. What is your experience yeah, with that? And as a matter of fact, one of the, the mainstays of, of Western ceremonial magic is, is actually invocation uh, or at, uh, inviting a spirit in, into you uh, to communicate through you. So um, possessions are a very real thing. Um, and you can become obsessed with a spirit. But as far as Hollywood playing it up where people get, you know, exercised and the priest comes in and you're spitting out green puke and stuff, that, 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 that's not really the case. But it can really mess up your life. You know, I mean, it can really mess up your social interactions with other people. It could mess up your finances. It could just mess you up. You have, you have people that do this that could, they, they, they go nuts. So it's always best, and I put this out in my, my classes, it's, it's always best to, you know, do, do your experiments and, 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 and your operations during a certain time of the month. And then for the, la- the second part of the month, just, just rest, uh, catch a movie, chill out, go away from it, you know, get away from it for a little bit. And then you can go back and do it the, the next month. Um, right. So you, as long as you're taking breaks and you're not getting too obsessed with it, you shouldn't have to worry about demonic possession. And if you take the, the, the precautions and the safeguards, you know, we were talking earlier, sage, frankincense, water, making the magic circles or, you know, making a sacred space for yourself. You take those precautions, then, you know, there's a there's a history to that. And uh, and it works. So I, I'd, I'd always you know tell people those are those are my my hints, the clues. Don't get demonically possessed. Do this stuff. What, what are some cases where because people are always going to push the envelope and like Jay, Jay alluded to it earlier, there's. There's people that go too far with anything and that there's the good and the bad. So what are some situations that you've seen personally or or that you know of where people haven't followed those, those, those rules and, and and did kind of dive into the the darker side of it? Well, okay. So there's, there's two, there's two things that I would say would be the darker side of it. And I'll I'll give you two examples. First off is, is uh, as far as like spiritual and demonic types of blood sacrifices, um, any kind of blood sacrifice, you, you're, you're welcoming uh, a spirit or, or some other entity that, that feeds on blood. That's just not, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Don't do that. Right. So right. That's, that's one thing that I would point out. And then on the other hand of it, as like a real world basis, as far as people getting too into uh, the occult or too into spiritualism, you have the cases of, um, of gurus, quote unquote, gurus taking uh, advantage, sexual advantage of their, their um, initiates. Uh, you have people drinking Kool-Aid and, and dying, you know, mass suicides. So, and, and if you ask me, that's the real evil with uh, spiritualism and occultism. You get, there's more of those cases than there are of like some Beelzebub demon coming out and, you know, taking out over some poor, yeah. poor person's uh, life. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you can get in. Yeah, that's where the whole the whole cult thing comes into play. Yeah. 
It's interesting, man. It's crazy. And you said this has been a law around since the uh, Egyptian Grecian days, right? Yeah. Now, Hermeticism has. And before that, there were, you know, the Chaldean or the Chaldeans out in Babylon. A, a lot of the tradition has carried up through. So what 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 we study uh, and what I you know teach classes on are, are all the Western style. And there's there's other um, there's obviously there's other forms of magic. For instance, um, you've got the, the Eastern traditions, which would be China, Japan, Japan and, and those areas. But also one that is absolutely fascinating to me is voodoo and uh, mm-hmm. and hoodoo, the, 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 uh, the North American, African-American spiritual sort of uh, magic. We also in my area, we have um, we have Pennsylvania Dutch folks uh, who who studied or performed hex magic or cunning magic. And uh, so there's lots of different traditions. And as far as I'm concerned, when I say hermetic as an eclectic term, you know, I, I cover all of the, the Western traditions as much as I possibly can. And, and it's really, it's really cool to study a lot of those different traditions and how they, they can be, they can be implemented and they can be studied and, and practiced by just regular old people at home, which is really cool. Right. So, um, like in historical terms, um, there's all over the world in the certain temples and areas of, uh, old architecture, there's these sealed doors. Do you believe in doors that open to a different plane if you know how to unlock them? Yeah. Um, well, the, and this is getting a little tricky because it, it, that's symbolic and, and the, the actual word occult means hidden. Um, mm, so right. what, what these seals or these doors might actually be are, um, levels that that you can attain uh towards your mystic goal and that's that's a difference there's a difference between mysticism and magic in that mysticism is something where somebody is trying to elevate themselves or ascend to a to the source more or less that that's their religion and magic is like i've ascended to the source i'm coming back to do the work so um, that's sort of the difference. Now, these doors that you would go through, these are like doors of self-attainment. So you get there through ritual, you can get there through meditation, you can get there through initiations. And, uh, mm-hmm. and those are the, those are the sealed doors that I, that I, that I see. I, I don't know if you're talking about actual physical sealed doors, but, um, those are the doors that I would relate to. Um, okay. Okay. How much do you know about voodoo? I know you said you're interested in it. I'm interested. I don't know as much as I'd like to know. I do know that um, what I'm interested in is uh, kind of combining the the voodoo with uh, with grimoire or medieval magic, and they're they're very similar in that you know voodoo does make uh, use of some sort of they, they make source of some Catholic. There's some Catholic elements to to the to the voodoo. And uh, that's what really interests me. So I really, I can't talk on it as a, an authoritative figure, but um, I'm, I, I could, the best I could say is I'm very interested in, in, in learning more about the symbols and the sigils and the practice of, of voodoo. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, voodoo is, I mean, it's kind of like a universal energy, right? Yeah. If I, if I understand it correctly and very, very spiritual. And I think they, they even believe that the spirit leaves the body while you're, while you're alive at, at points. Yeah. When you sleep sometimes, when you sleep body or... experience. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's the case through most of my, a lot of your practice with magic um, would be through astral quote unquote astral travel or mm-hmm. mindful meditations um, that would take you out of, out of your body. And there's lots of documented, um, experiences with that and, and so we know that out-of-body experiences are are real um so yeah that's that's it's it's very interesting that's that's one of the things that kind of interests me about voodoo as well so do, do you believe in using psychedelic drugs as a, a practice of religion because i know a lot of people i think jay we were talking about it when we did our religion piece um about dmt and how mm-hmm. how people do this for a spiritual experience right you take dmt and to unlock your a, mind yeah right so you unlock your mind and there's a lot of there's very the the experiences that people have are very similar you're kind of eerily similar that they go and you kind of leave your body and you go to a different i don't know if it's a dimension or a different you know universe or whatever it is and they they speak with some higher 
being, yeah. whether that be God or, or whatever it is, but it, it's a very common experience for people who use these, these types of drugs. Yeah. And, it, and yes, I, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm totally into the people doing that. The, uh, because uh, on the other hand, you know, and if you didn't take psychedelic drugs, you'd, you'd have to, the, the prerequisites would be to fast for like seven days or go mm-hmm. be sleep de- deprived or, um, you know, go into a, a mantra, um, meditation for hours to, to achieve the same thing you get out of one blunt. So, um, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I would totally recommend, you know, uh, doing it. But the, the one thing I would tell people is to, you know, keep in mind, don't make it a crutch, you know, just like you would take breaks from you know, your magic. If you're going to use uh, marijuana, mushrooms, uh, if you're going to use even acid or DMT to achieve your, your altered state, you know, make it about just the altered state, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't make it a habit. Don't, don't right. continue to do it daily because then, then you can get in some real trouble. Plus it's you against just, the law. So you, you gotta be careful. Good catch. Not, not in California. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, but I hear you on that because if you, you, you abuse it, then one, it, it takes away the, the actual effect. It makes it harder to get back to that level, yeah. uh, with the same amount. So I, I get that. But that and that use it use it purposefully exactly and then, uh, and then go ahead also addiction yeah you, know, you you don't want to yeah if your whole purpose is to like you know free your mind and go and have some experience and stuff like that the last thing you need is is an addiction to to keep you down you know so you don't want to do that so I have I used to have this happen to me a lot and I never knew exactly what it was but those times where you're asleep and your body is still asleep but then your eyes are slightly open and you're awake, but you, you feel like you're awake. And I would see people, this was in my old townhouse. I'd see like a couple of people walk past me when I knew I was home alone, but I could not wake up. And then I finally taught myself how to just snap out of it and wake the fuck, you know, wake up. And obviously nobody'd be there. Um, that, that always intrigued me as to being like a thought that I was in like a different plane of existence in that moment of being sleep, like my spirit hadn't gotten fully back into my body yet. Yeah. I don't know what that is, you know, but I've, I've definitely seen it. And in the beginning, it used to scare the ever loving shit out of me because like I said, I knew I was home alone, Yeah. but I'm seeing people walking right past me, right. you know, and it's like, I can't do anything. Well, it, I, I'll give you a sort of like my, my take on it would be, um, sort of half scientific and half, uh, half magical or, or spiritual, however you want to term it, but it, it's sleep paralysis. Um, when you, when you mm-hmm. go to sleep and you dream and you go into REM, your, your body shuts down, it paralyzes you so that you don't hurt yourself while you're asleep. Uh, mm-hmm. if you're suddenly awakened, whenever you're in that state, then you will be paralyzed, although you'll be completely conscious. Uh, and your, your mind is still kind of in that half, half, uh, half, half awake, half, um, sleep state at, at the same time, you're, you're seeing all of these. And I know exactly what you're talking about. It's scary as hell. Um, mm-hmm. you're seeing these things, uh, walk across the room or up on your chest in some cases. And, uh, this is, you know, a lot of people say this is where UFO abductions come from. My, my take would be that those, those spirits, those entities or whatever you're seeing, they're always there. Um, it's just yeah. that your waking mind doesn't perceive them, at, you know, when you're up and you're conscious and you're going about your daily routine. Mm-hmm. So you're just, yeah, the there, space. there was this, uh, did not, not to dumb it down or nothing, but there was this episode of twilight zone when I was a kid and it had these blue people that were always moving shit around. Like when, you know, you put something down and you turn around yeah. and then it's like, not where you put it, <laughs> you know, there's always these in between, like on that other plane, fucking with people sometimes, yeah. you know, and I, I know that I, I wasn't, I'm not crazy, man. Cause like that, that the, the one time that I'm talking about specifically right now, literally like when I saw him, it was like, I was pulling myself, my body up as hard as I could. And then I finally just sat up and that's when I woke up and obviously nobody was there, but for like that good minute and a half that I was struggling, it's like the hardest, hardest thing ever to wake yourself up when you're in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. It's scary. It's, it's really it is. Scary. Cause it's not, you're not in control. And then also you got like people walking past you or whatever they are. It's like, man, I don't want them touching me or doing something weird to me. You know what I mean? So exactly. I, I know I've seen it and, it and 
I know other people out here listening to this right now. Somebody else has gone through that too, because I can't be the only one. Oh, no, you know? no, you're not, man. There's, there's, there's tons of, it's kind of a common occurrence. And as, uh, okay. and, and as much as I would like to think that I'm all into the spooky stuff and, and go into all this and I'd be able to handle it, it would still scare the shit out of me. And you're, you're like one of the very few people that I've ever met that said, you know what? I could, once I realized that it's happening, I could wake myself up. Not everybody can do that. Everybody has yeah. to just kind of, you know, let it happen until they come out of that state. And that is scary as hell. So, well, that goes back to also, I always taught my, my mother made me do this. Remember your dreams. So I could go to sleep, wake up out of a, like a dream and then go back to sleep and start that dream again and get right back in it. Man, that's awesome. I, I remember all of my dreams. I, she just made me that only, way. Only sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. Dream it. yeah. When you, when you don't want to remember it, you're like, ah, but no, like I, it all started as a kid. She'd be like, write it down right away. So you don't forget. Yeah. And then, then I'd start remembering it. And now like I can jump back into what I was dreaming. Man, you, and it, it's, that is badass. You don't know how badass that is. I mean, if you actually kept a, a journal of all that stuff, you would probably start to see some correspondences with your everyday life and what you were actually uh, dreaming it, about. I do. And it, it gets a little weird sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely gets weird. So awesome. uh, I've been teaching my daughter to do that when she has her dreams, get up and write it down when she has them. That's great. It, it, but just like that waking up out of that, that, uh, sleep paralysis that took a while, but it just, it was too, too much for me to be able to just lay there. I couldn't handle it. Cause I'm like a control freak. So I was like, yo, if I can't get myself up, something's going to happen eventually. Oh yeah. So I just like kept trying and trying and finally figured it out, but it takes like years, but yeah, I'm glad I'm not crazy for thinking that that's like real. No, Cause yeah. you know, I don't really talk about that too much. Well, you, you say crazy Jane. I've always had a working theory about you know, quote unquote, crazy people label them however you want. But my working theory has always been, you know, maybe it's not that they're crazy or insane or, or hearing voices. Maybe it's just, they're seeing shit that we're not or, or hearing yeah. things that we're not, we're not privy to, or, or they, they just have more contact. Yeah. And I have nothing to prove this. This is just my, my, no, own I theory, hear you. But. That's a great theory to, to dismiss it as crazy because yeah. one doesn't understand the other person. Yeah. That, maybe, maybe there's, there's other shit going on in their head that they see or they experience that we, we just don't understand or get. And we were quick to write them off as, Hey, this, this person's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And, and you stick them in a, you know, in a, a mental institution. Just, yeah. Right. You stick them in a mental institution and whatnot. And we don't know how to help them because you know, they're saying they're hearing voices or, you know, they see shit and, and maybe they really are. And, and we don't, Right. We just, it's hard for us to understand it. And maybe, you know, Scott, you can work some of your magic and whatnot to, to kind of, to, to get on their level and maybe try to help people like that. But that's always been my, my theory with that, well, that's, that mm-hmm. categorization of crazy. That's, uh, that's actually, you know, it's for lack of a better term, that's sort of the goal. If you're, if you're starting into magic and, and everything is to, to go a little crazy in a socially acceptable way. Um, and, <laughs> and get, get to that level. Um, and yeah, the, the people that are, you know, we would call mentally disturbed, uh, obviously their, their reality is divergent from ours and, uh, we treat them to try and get them back to our level. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with that statement. Um, their reality is, is something different. And if we sat down just like Carl Jung, Carl Jung was actually one of the, I don't know if you're familiar with the principle of synchronicity. Um, but Carl Jung no. would psychoanalyze his patient's dreams. And he found that, you know, he would be psychoanalyzing one of his patient's dreams. And then there would be something that would happen in day-to-day life that would not be causally related, but they would, they would, they would in effect be related through symbolic uh, gestures mm-hmm. or, or something. So, so one of his patients would uh, dream about a black crow or a black, uh, a black uh, shirt, and then somebody would die the same day. So you know, those are the, the sort of the examples that he was, he was coming across. So I think it's right. interesting to, to study those. those uh, th- it would be interesting to study patients like that. Coinc- yeah. Coincidences and correlations between. Exactly. Exactly. What things, uh, and he called them synchronicities. I, I guess as far as he was concerned, there was no such thing as coincidence. Well, yeah, you know, like we've said before in an, on another episode, like I know that quote unquote, God exists, the, the energy, right. But I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but there is something after in between death and where the energy that we, we are animated with goes. 
you know, it, it, it just, the spirit and like you were saying, divided into four parts. I didn't even know about that. I was just more so thinking about the spirit, the energy that gets us, you know, up every day and drives us to, you know, exist and live and, and do things and try to create, like you said, uh, in this time period that we have. So it, it's really interesting that you have a deeper understanding our, our perspective on what is actually going on, because I, I feel like 95% of us are just really walking around this motherfucker, like not knowing what we're really here to do yeah. or, you know, like what is the reason that I keep waking up, you know, or what happens after that day does come, you know, and it's like educating yourself before that's not such a bad idea. But at the end of the day, it's like, do we really ever know until we get to that point? No. Yeah. And, and that's what drives me. That's what, that's what started this for me what, back in Iraq. You know, I thought at any, at any moment, you know, a mortar round could have my name on it. So best try yeah. to figure stuff out as much as I possibly can before, before, you know, something happens. And right. it's been, it's been an, an awesome journey. I, and I'm still, you know, although you, you guys have been really kind in saying that I've got, you know, my, my, my shit together. Um, I'm still learning every day. I'm learning something new every day. I'm going out and doing something different. And, and if I can, you know, open people up to doing that, um, and, and, uh, experiencing it for themselves, you know, there's no dogma to it, you know, just go out and do it. That's what I would tell people to do. Right. Well, also having your shit together is having that mindset that you have, that you don't have it all together and you're still seeking a person that's still seeking is doing it the right way. And also, uh, thank you for your service. Uh, I, I know that that was a shit show and, uh, I have a huge military background in my family. Basically everybody served except for me and, uh, they kind of kept me from doing it, but that's neither here nor there. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Thank you for your support, Um, man. That uh, that's, that's awesome. And with your family, thank you. Thank them for uh, your, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Before we get you out of here, Scott, um, you'd email me this super interesting picture. Um, and I don't know what's behind it. The beast of Grafton. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Well, uh, this, this month, uh, the hermit, which is the, the, uh, monthly edition that we do the soft cover, uh, book, uh, or publication mm-hmm. that we're, we're focusing on the Appalachian cryptid, uh, the Grafton monster. And it was, it was first sighted in, uh, June of, uh, 1964. So this is the 55th anniversary of that sighting. And I did a little article on it and, um, and we've got that cover. Uh, it was it was done by one of uh, one of the best artists I know. She's actually uh, a local gal, and uh, she's really into stuff. I got a little um, uh, article on her inside the uh, the publication as well. So um, uh-huh. yeah, I saw that art, and I, I and I knew it was the anniversary. And I said, well, let's put this together, and and that's that's what that's uh, that that's what that picture is. So is the the Grafton. What is the what's what's the story of the beast of, of Grafton? Well, okay, so the the story is is that this reporter's coming home one night, right? And he's uh he's coming back from an assignment and he sees something in the road and he comes up on it and it's a huge beast and he describes it as being like 7 foot 9 foot tall with no head. And uh he goes back to work the next morning after looking for it again and uh, the the paper says no, we're not running it. And so uh that night He's telling, uh, he told some friends and they've told some friends. And so everybody gets together with like axes and pitchforks and torches and stuff. And they're out there looking for this beast. And, uh, finally the cops come by and they say, well, you're all imagining this stuff and it's dropped. Uh, nobody really remembers it until, uh, here recently, Bethesda software made a game called fallout 76 for Xbox and PlayStation, where you can be in West Mm -hmm. Virginia and go to all sorts of different places. And one of the beasts that you encounter in that game is the, the, the Grafton monster or the Grafton beast. So um, it's become a little icon for the town again. Uh, it was a very small rural town in West Virginia. And this beast is sort of like their, their unofficial mascot. So I thought it was really cool to bring it back. <laughs> nice. So, do you believe in, in beasts? And I was reading something about that. There's, I don't know if there's sectors of what you do that believe in vampires and, and, werewolves and beasts and stuff like that. What's your, what's your what's take, take on, on that? Okay. So, um, I, yeah. I don't want to give the, the, uh, I don't want to give the end away of my article, but I'll just go ahead and do it. Anyhow. Um, do, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the cryptid, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Uh, the Grafton monster, uh, fought was that report was made two weeks after another monster was sighted in Michigan. And what happened over in Michigan was there was a bunch of people that came to town and spent a bunch of money and they went on the hunt and everything like that. And so you've got this reporter 
and his town is like severely depressed. Right. And mm-hmm. it just, you know, if you put one and two together, it, you could kind of come up with the, the, you can kind of figure out that this, this reporter was, it was a publicity stunt more or less. Um, so do yeah. I believe in the grass, the monster, I, the jury's still out now as far as vampires werewolves and stuff like that yeah definitely there's definitely people out there that drink blood do i think that there's people there's things that pop out of the ground and go hunting for folks no i'm not i'm not there yet werewolves uh yeah there are people that are affected by the moon they might even grow hair when the moon's full but do i think that Mm -hmm. they actually turn into a cryptid monster and go out hunting for stuff i'm again i'm not i'm not sold on that idea either so so not the Hollywood version no. of vampires and okay. No, Makes there's sense. definitely people out there that would fit the description. Lunatics, uh, whether we would call them lunatics, people who are affected by the moon that would go on violent rampages. Uh, mm-hmm. You could call them lycanthropes and uh, vampires. Good Lord. I mean, all you got to do is, you know, look on the internet under goth and you'll, you'll find a bunch of vampires there. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I saw a uh, kind of off topic, but I saw something the other day of a guy who literally just got, I think it was like $40,000 worth of plastic surgery done where he made his face look like a, like almost like a demon. Like he chopped off his nose and got implants and like died, like died his skin red and just fucking scary. So people are doing weird stuff. Crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that into that. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I'm I'm glad you're not. All right, man. Where can um where can people follow you if they want to learn more about this and and you know hop on hop on the train? I, the best way is uh, through Hermetic Society of Appalachia. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, we also have a, a website, which is www.hermeticwv.com, and uh, mm-hmm. there you can you can you know join as a member on Facebook. You can follow us. We've got an Instagram page. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of memes. A lot of, uh, you know, articles that we try to put out and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, we would anybody who's really into just kind of uh, testing this out or or into experimentation uh, with the occult or spiritual side of things, I would I would say, hey, come join us because we'd love to have you. We want more. What is uh, what's your Instagram uh, handle? My Instagram handle uh, for the society is uh, Hermetic Society of Appalachia, just at, you know, all one thing, Hermetic Society of Appalachia. but. My personal is uh, spooky underscore scooter. So if you want to follow me personally, I'm listed as the manager of that. And I basically do my own thing too. Spook- okay. I got you right here. Got a follow coming. Oh, cool. All right. Following you now. Sweet. Well, it's All been right, a Scott. pleasure, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, this was really fun. You know what? This was actually my very first podcast ever. And it was so awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, glad to have you. Yeah, man. I I appreciate it. You think that was cool? All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that show. Whether you believe in that stuff or not, it's pretty interesting. Kind of creepy, but interesting at the same time. Again, if you enjoyed it, leave that five-star review. If not, if you have any suggestions for us, any topics you want to hear about, email me directly. It's ray at wordsovericeshow.com. All right. We appreciate you. Till next time.